Welcome to the Writer's Hour, where we have creative conversations with up-and-coming authors on their latest books. This is the place to be if you wish to get a preview of new books that are available for the voracious bibliophile, as well as the story behind the story for the voyeur who wishes a peek behind the creative curtain. Here's your host, Janine Bolin. This is the Writer's Hour, Creative Conversations with your host, Janine Bolin. And with me today, I have Susan Bonsegger, who is one of the most well-known and well-liked publicists in Los Angeles. She's been at this for over 20 years, and she's done everything from being a major label publicist to running a boutique PR agency. She spent time doing political PR and has gone about the world doing stuff for a corporate PR. She also came back to consulting. And with that, she does events corporate cause and cultural clients and she's exposed those clients to countless journalists and tastemakers using her honest positive and tenacious pr style so thank you so much for being with us today susan so glad to be here thanks for having me so one of the things to be totally authentic and transparent susan and i have been working together for quite some time because she helps give me clients or help give, she has clients and then she gives me guests out of those clients for the writer's hour. And I just wanted to let you know how excited I am because she's going to help us today groom you as a debut author, or maybe you've been an author of multiple books, but she's going to help us groom people for what is a good PR story. That's kind of the basis and the foundation. So if you don't mind starting with the basics, what does it mean to have a good PR story? A good pair story, it, your, your book is not just, is not your only product. Your product is kind of you, especially these days where everything is media, social media, influencer, everything, everything's online. People really, I mean, having a great product is super important, of course, but you being a great spokesperson for yourself and being able to tell your story is really, really important. So what I do is I help people figure out what it is that, will make them interesting to the press. Like I have one client who has created a a production management system uh, online for film and television. Um, But her story is amazing. She was a military officer. She was a talk show host in Asia. And then she came back to LA and she was working in film and television and technology. And then she decided to make this, this uh, program. So that is, you know, it's not just like, Oh, I have this, this production management program. It's, oh, I was an army officer and now I'm, and then I have this amazing background in entertainment and now I'm doing this technology project. So you want to, it's not just what you have and what you're doing right now that you're trying to sell. It's you and your whole story. And I help people figure out what that story is. And usually if somebody's interesting enough that they've written a book, they probably have some interesting background that can be put into their PR story. And one of the things I remember that you and I were talking about is we're so so used to not shouting our own name from the rooftops. As authors, it's really tough. And all of a sudden, you'll find out something about them, like they earned their gold award as a Girl Scout, or they're an Eagle Scout and Boy Scouts, or you'll find out some little tidbit about them, and you'll be like, oh my gosh, you can use this when it comes to your promotion. And so what are some of those what are some ways that people can kind of remember some of their great attributes, even though for them it's just, oh, yeah, I did that. How, do, how can you help them with that? 
Yeah, one of the things I do when I start working with people is I usually like to either update or develop their bio. And part of that is just an exercise for me to really dive into their background and really see who they are and what they're about. Um, I mean, any, anything you've done in your life that is that you've gotten awards for, that you've been recognized for, military service is another great one. I have another client who uh, is doing a sustainable energy project now, but before that he's been uh, a real estate developer. And before that he, he was in the army and he was in the air force two separate times. So like that is a very, uh, you know, that's an interesting story. So I really try to help people kind of figure out what makes them interesting. Like I'm just starting with a new client who has a, uh, a travel safety kit for the time of COVID and what their, uh, their sisters. And one of the sisters is a, was an internationally ranked runner. And she was like in, in the national, you know, running the U S championships and stuff. And then she actually was in the Olympics for with an African country. So, I mean, people think, Oh, no one cares about my background. No, no, they do. They do. They want to hear your story of how you came to write this book, how you came to have this project that you're so passionate about, you know, nothing, nothing just arises from nowhere. It usually comes from, you know, somewhere in your experience. And so if you can figure out where that place is and tell that story, it's really powerful. I agree. That's excellent. Okay. So say I'm a debut novelist or something like that. Can you kind of give like, what are some top three like questions or mirror techniques or what, what are yeah. some top three suggestions that you could help out, you know, this fledgling new writer? Okay. The most important, important thing is do not, do not release your project and then start doing marketing. No, 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 no. Pick a release date months in the future, months in the future, and then work up to getting your marketing done for that release date. Especially, I mean, I actually did another podcast and the, it was a PR random podcast and the whole topic of the half hour podcast was lead time. And the, the one area that I was like so passionate about that needed lead time the most is books. Because these are the things that have to happen in order for somebody to write a story or do an interview with you about your book. They have to get the book. So before they get the book, you have to have your bio, you have to have your press release, you have to have any other materials that you want them to have for your book together, your media kit. So you have to get that done. Then you have to figure out who you're gonna send the books to. Then you just do the mailing. That the, the journalist or the producer of the show has to get the book. They have to look at your materials and look at the book and decide that it's interesting enough to even bother with. Then they have to read the book, which, you know, could be if it's a little book, it would take an afternoon. If it's a big book, it would take a month. And then they have to decide that they want you and then they have to book you or they have to interview you. And then your, your interview or your story or whatever, the review has to run. And you want all those things running around the time your book is launching. So you, you really need to start, I mean, especially, I mean, with music, you know, people can listen to it. They can listen to it while they're doing something else. Movies, TV shows, they can, you know, 
It takes an hour or two hours at the most. Books are a commitment. So you really have to back way up and give yourself the lead time that that is really required for books. And that is like, if I could just give one message to authors, that would be my message. Give yourself lead time. Um, so yeah, so, and then if there's a couple other things, you know, certainly you wanna have your materials together and being the most attractive that they can be. And I know Janine uh, gives a whole course on that and it's great. So take her course, do what she says. And, um, you know, and really try to identify, you know, however many, however many books you feel like you can afford to, to spare and mail or whatever, you know, identify like the top, top, top people that you want to approach. And those should be people who maybe have covered the topic before or people you read a lot and you really know what they cover and they will love your book or, you know, whatever other reason you think these people would like your book. Don't just, don't just pick like, I want to be on the Tony Robbins show and I want to be on the, you know what I mean? Don't necessarily go for the biggest, biggest go for, especially if you're not a known well-known author, go for what is doable and what is close to where you are. And then, so that, so, you know, get your stuff together, pick your targets, get your stuff to the targets. And then, you know, you want to follow up. You don't want to be, you know, Give people some time, especially with a book, you know, uh, anything cultural where you're, where you're sending an advance, whether it's music or book or film or whatever, there's, did you get it? Was it interesting? Did you check it out? Are you going to cover? So, and give people some time, you know, don't like call them on Monday. Did you get it? Tuesday, did you check it out? Wednesday, do you like it? Thursday, are you going to cover? No, 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 no. Do that over like, do it over a month, do it over two months. Cause it's a book. So if you get the, yes, I got it. Yes. I liked it. I'm going to check it out. Give them a couple weeks between when they say they're going to check it out. And then when you follow up. So, you know, give people time, you know, you don't want to be a pest. And that's very good advice because one of the things I can tell you as a podcaster with my content creation schedule and everything, people are always telling me what their product launch date is. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I have a content calendar that is my launch date, only I'm launching every week, right? So, you know, it's like, uh, so that's excellent advice. Like, I think you and I booked this in August for October. (laughs) Yes, I'm booked for two, two, three months, yeah. Uh, Right, yes, exactly so. And so those are definitely beautiful things to keep in mind. And thank you very much for those uh, suggestions. One of the things that I hear and I laugh because I am in total disagreement is that I hear people say, oh, press releases are dead. And I just start laughing. I'm like, are you kidding? I don't know how I could be able to run half of what I do if I didn't have press releases. Do you mind talking to that? Because people think social media is king and it's not necessarily true. Well, I mean... (laughs) This is a huge discussion in the PR world, and I could talk about the the death or not death of the press release for like two hours. We could have this conversation, but let me just say, no, the press release is definitely not dead, and uh, and the way that press releases are managed in 2020 is vastly different than the way press releases used to be managed. You know, really before smartphones. Because before, before smartphones, you had, you know, 
here's the New York Times, here's the Washington Post, or here's, no, let's do this one. Here's the LA Times, here's Variety. And if you get written in the LA Times, people read about you in the LA Times. And if you get written in Variety, people read about you in Variety. Now, people read about you there. Whether it's the LA Times or Variety, it's there. It's on so, the phone. Okay. It's right. They're, it's on their phone. Yeah. It's on the phone. Or it's yeah. on the internet. So, right. so journalists are much more concerned about being first or at least being early. So you don't want to send out your press release and then do the outreach, which is what we used to do in the old days. What you want to do now is you want to individually pitch the people that you really want to cover and and then uh, that's called and then you hopefully will get them to do an interview and that's called a pre-brief and then you have what's called an impact date which is or release date which is when the press release is going out the book is coming out the the day when you want to have impact so you do your you do your media outreach before looking for coverage on that day and you use you can use the press release in your pitching you know you put like embargoed which people you know complain about but whatever it's not. <laughs> you know what i'm gonna do you want i can or you can give them the information in a letter style you don't even make it look like a press release same information basically from the press release and so you do the pitching first you try to get everything to run on or around that impact date and then on the impact date you do the big, the bigger flap, the bigger press release email. And also I, I definitely recommend people post on a press release site. Um, if you have a huge budget, you know, PR Newswire is amazing. Business Wire also good. If you have a smaller budget, um, I really like PR Web. I, they have a couple of uh, under $400 options that are good. Um, there are some smaller ones. I think PR Buzz is one. I am not a fan of the small and free ones because I don't feel like they really get you out there, but at least they do give you a link and sometimes they do kind of get in the Google search thing. But, um, but yeah, so I definitely recommend like do your pitching, get your coverage so it's going to run on a day. Let some of that coverage run or if it's an exclusive, let that one piece of coverage run give them a couple hours of exclusivity and then do your press release. And then the press release maybe will sop up some other people who are interested or some people who are less press release. You know, if it's that, if it's a press release that's out, it's too late. So some people don't care. So, you know, you'll send the press release out or, and then also that might hit some people that, you know, you didn't feel like absolutely needed to get a pitch but they might like it and they might like to hear about it. So you want them to get the press release. So that's kind of, that's kind of the way we do press releases in 2020. It's definitely different than the way we did press releases in 2005. Um, the press release is very much not dead. Right. And I agree with you. I, I use them frequently in my events and that sort of thing. And I have found great traction with them. There are certain demographics where they are very, 
active with the press release. So thank you very much for that. The other thing I'd love for you to talk about, because I'm based in Colorado, and so Coloradans are very big on buying local. They really do stick to their local. So it's really not for them so much, but some authors that I've chatted with that are not based in Colorado and other areas of the country do not understand the power of staying local. Would you like to talk a little bit to that? I would love to. I love, I love local press. And I, I work with, I mean, I definitely, you know, have plenty of clients in New York and the Bay Area and San, in New York and LA and San Francisco uh, and the Bay Area in general. But I also work with clients in Colorado and Texas and all over the country. And local media is great. It's great to get. It's easier to get. It, they care more. And it just, it's, it, it's also a good way if you can get into a solid local publication, like if you get into the Denver Post or Biz West or, you know, Denver Business Journal or one of those, then that, the Boulder camera, the LA camera, then that says to the New York Times, the LA Times, or, you know, Network News or Slate or whoever it is, national media, oh, this is a legit thing. It, you know, they're from Denver, so the Denver Post is covering them, so maybe that means I should be seeing what they're going to do. So if you can get really legit local coverage, that's fantastic. And, you know, really all coverage is good coverage. So even if you get, even if it's like even smaller, like I just had a girl, uh, had a client in Saratoga, New York, and I got her in Saratoga today. Like, lovely, wonderful. That's, you know, 10 20, 30,000 people are going to see her there or, you know, Hoboken patch. Like that's a lot of people because that's right outside of New York. So, I mean, local coverage is good and it's doable. You know, like I do PR all the time. So I have relationships at all kinds of national media outlets, but if you're doing your own PR, think about who would really be interested in you. And that is local people. That is people who cover whatever the topic of your book is, you know, think, think about where you can have an impact because everybody's pitching the New York Times, but they're not going to cover everybody. But, you know, maybe the Denver Post wants to hear about local authors, or maybe there's a column for local authors in the Denver Post, or, you know, or maybe you've written an amazing book about, you know, about Rabbit Mountain, and they and so you think like oh, oh these people who you know know about rabbit mountain want to talk about what's going on there so i mean i think that you know again that kind of goes with knowing what your story is and then thinking about who would really appreciate your story and certainly local media is great for appreciating local stories and I do want to back you up on that because my own personal experience is I was in a local newspaper that had maybe 20, maybe 30,000 subscribers, but then it got picked up by a state or a larger uh, newspaper. And then the next thing I knew, I had MSNBC requesting an interview based on the book. And this was back in 2005, like I said. And then after that, it was I was picked up by the Oprah Winfrey show where I was asked, you know, to be a part of that. Now, I, w- I did not get on the show. I always tell people, no, no. I, and she was the one. And, and I want to say that her people are spot on. Uh, they said, so sorry, we'd love to have you. But 
you're just not sexy enough. They did not mean that physically. Okay, I always have to specify these people are talking about they want panache, they want glitter, they want sparkly syndrome, and I am not that. I am a practical author. So it was a good fit because when I saw the show, I was like, oh, they are so right. They know their stuff. I was not the type of guest she wanted on that show. But I do want to just back up what Susan is saying, my own personal experience of being able to walk through the ladders of press. So since you're so good at all this, I'd love for you to kind of help folks out on what kind of authors are you looking for? What kind of clients are you looking for right now with your business? Yeah. So I, I am what I think of myself as a PR generalist. So I'm, I'm really open to, you know, any kind of clients. Like right now I have a sustainable energy company. I have a a spiritual music artist. I have the the uh, production uh, uh, management suite that I talked about, um, and I have this this COVID uh, protection while you're traveling project. And I <laughs> actually and I have another spiritual music artist too. So I have two of those. Um, so so I'm really open to to any kind of clients. I mean, I think the buckets that I'm mostly in, I do I do music, but very specifically within music, sort of spiritual and jazz and world music and ambient and new age music. So not, you know, don't call me if you're of a rock band or a rap thing or even a, I used to do electronic music years ago, but even that I'm not great at unless it's really ambient. Um, and then I do technology and um you know, I've, I've worked with a, a pretty wide variety of technology clients, but even for me, I, I kind of, I'm more on the like entertainment technology. Like don't, don't come to me with like some like super techie, like security or, you know what I mean? Like programming, like no, but like something that's more like consumer electronic. I can, I can do that. Um, I do a lot of sustainability, sustainable real estate, sustainable products. I love sustainability. Um, and and wellness i've done a lot of a lot of wellness stuff and i've done you know lifestyle um, so entertainment is- and, you know mostly docs and even with even with books since you focus on on authors i kind of prefer nonfiction. Mm-hmm. um although if you have a very strong regional story or or topical story that is still a fiction story i can work with it but i'm for, for books, I honestly, I prefer a nonfiction. Right. It's a little easier to do PR for nonfiction. I find that that fiction PR is very challenging. So if you are a fiction author and you are having a hard time with PR, because it's hard. <laughs> right. I understand. I, yes, we as authors, we understand this. So one of the things I was chatting with Susan about earlier was historical fiction writers. If you are based in a location, that's when she can really pull out all the stops for you. But if you're a science fiction fantasy, go ahead and give me a call. I'll be glad to help you out. Or she can too. She has lots of contacts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, science fiction fantasy, there are, there is, that's a whole vertical. So, so where there is an established vertical, I, it's, I can, I can work on it, but it's more like, like if it's just a fiction book about, you know, a young woman coming of age or something <laughs> like that. I mean, although again, then, you know, then you try to take it to Glamour and Vogue and Mademoiselle and Jane and what have you, but um, that every other, you know, young woman coming of age book is trying to get in there too. And some of those are published by Random House and those are going to get 
those slots, you know. Yes, so they are. At blogs and and maybe you know regional outlets. So. Where, you know, there are people, you're very welcoming with authors, you know, you're more than happy to kind of take a peek at what they're doing. And if you don't see that it's in your wheelhouse, you are very good about recommending. And thank you for that, because that's a safe place people can go. And I appreciate that that you do that. So where can people find you so that they can connect with you and potentially, you know, ask, you know, ask you a few questions? Yeah. So my website is just my name. It's www.susan, S-U-S-A-N, Vaughn, V as in Victor, O-N, Sagern, S-E-G-G-E-R-N.com, SusanVaughnSagern.com. And uh, that has tons of information about me and my services. And there's also a link in my bio there that goes to my LinkedIn page, which is my most um, kind of detailed resume that I have online. Um, and then you can also find me on Instagram. I'm not much of an Instagrammer, but I'm there. Um, and I usually, I usually recommend for professionals like you, I'm almost always encouraging authors go to LinkedIn. That's where these people hang. They're not on Facebook. They're really not on Instagram because they're on LinkedIn connecting with people that can support their clients. So, so definitely thank you for mentioning your LinkedIn profile. Anything else you want to share that we haven't talked about yet? Um, no, I feel like I did we cover it pretty much covered it. I mean, again, the main thing, book authors lead time (laughs) (laughs) to yourself. You will, you will be happy. You did, especially if you're not famous, the world is not waiting for you. So you have time, take that time, set it up. Right. Yeah, I agree. It'll really help. I I 100% agree. As somebody who has written nine books, the lead time was always the thing that I was working with. So, Susan, thank you so much for being with us today. I appreciate you taking time out of your very busy schedule to give us some pointers and give us some guidance. All right. And that's... And that's the Writer's Hour for this episode. I'm Janine Bolin, your host. And if you have anyone that you could recommend to us, you know where to find us. We're glad to have you as a guest. Thank you for listening to the Writer's Hour. To hear more about the creative conversations that Janine Bolin is sharing with her listeners, please visit janinebolin.com forward slash guest. <laughs>